As a developer, you love building things that are fun and that matter. Do you want to add authentication to yet another app? Do you want to stay updated with all the security issues and patch them? Why not leave that to the experts? Auth0 is the easiest and fastest way to implement real-world authentication and authorization architectures into your apps and APIs. You can allow your users to log in with either regular username and password, social identity providers like Facebook and Twitter, or enterprise identity providers like Active Directory, Office 365, or without passwords, with an email login like Slack, or phone login like WhatsApp. Getting started is very easy. Add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 Plus or Ionic app in less than 10 minutes by writing only a few lines of code. No credit card required. Get the free plan or try the enterprise plan for 21 days at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's auth0 with the number zero. Auth0 is trusted by developers at Atlassian, Mozilla, Bluetooth, Optimizely, Financial Times, and the Wall Street Journal. Try it out at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's the number zero in Auth0 and get back time building core features. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and we have a special guest this week. It's Justin, I'm just kidding, it's Schwarzenberger. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I was going to make a joke about just making the schwa sound and then putting about six syllables after it. but The actual correct pronunciation is unpronounceable by the human tongue. Right. <laughs> That's kind of, the way you pronounce it is kind of the way I sign it. I kind of do an S and then just a bunch of squiggles. So, yeah, that fits. <laughs> yeah. Practicing to become a doctor. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I had a friend in high school and his last name had four L's, two Y's and a W in it. And so he, that's what he did. It was just a whole bunch of up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but uh, my day on Twitter finally came where they uh, extended the size of your profile name. So now my entire first and last name fits. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Oh, uh, when you said your day on Twitter came, I was gonna, I thought Donald Trump had <laughs> retweeted you or something. And so half the, right. half the country hated you and the other half the country loved you. That would not be a day I'd look forward to. <laughs> I, I don't think many Trump supporters would look forward to that, too. I mean, that'd just be a hassle. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so we brought you on. Uh, Joe intro or invited you on, I think, uh, to talk about Angular Air, which is, it's fun. It's fun to talk to other podcasters about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it should be pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Before we get too deep into that, though, I noticed that you're uh, working at Narwhal. That's correct. It seems like all yep, the cool I'm kids are over there now. What are you doing over there? So I'm a product manager and educator over there. I uh, help our clients. I do trainings and workshops, put together uh, material for um, learning and stuff like that, as well as do some consultation and on-demand support, things like that. Nice. Well, I don't think my, wait, you're at Narwhal now, is going to stop anytime soon running into people. So. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, yeah, it's happening. It's yeah. happening. Nice. Awesome. So, Joe, where, where I, did you run into Justin at? What do you mean? Like the last time? Yeah. So when you invited him, was it just a, oh, this is a great idea? Or did you run into each other at Angular uh, Connect or what? I think it was because I was on uh, the show. We were talking about ng-conf over on Angular Air. Oh, there you go. Right. So uh, Aaron and Aaron Frost and I were over talking about it. And I just had this idea. I was like, why don't we have Justin come on to AIA and talk about Angular Air and you know, there's, I'm sure there's lots of fun history we could talk about, and um, it's always interesting to see how other podcasters do their stuff. And Justin's a big guy in the 
in our tiny little world of Angular. So it's always You're good too to kind, have. Joe. You're too kind. I profile people on the show as well. Uh, nice. So yeah, that's. I think that's where I ran into him. But what I saw, were you at uh, Angular Connect, Justin? I can't remember. You weren't, right? Yep. Yeah, I was. You were okay. Uh, then we were also ran into each other in uh, Florida at Angular Mix. Uh, yep. Yep. So we've run into each other a, co- a couple of times pretty recently. Yeah, uh, did you, you a, a lot this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Did you speak at Angular Connect? I forget. I did not. We did a workshop. Uh, Jeff right. Cross and That's I did a workshop, but um, I didn't do a talk, just a workshop. Nice. Yeah, I do a lot of like volunteering at Angular Connect where I'm managing like the little sidetracks and stuff. So I don't get to see very many of the sessions. That was my first time at Angular Connect. And actually, it was my first time out of the country. So it was a really, oh, oh, that's uh, right. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, pretty amazing experience. So I got a long 10-hour flight, longest flight I've ever had. You know, got to go out of the country and go through the whole passport process and all that stuff. And then uh, my first Angular Connect experience. And Angular Connect is an amazing conference. They do a really good job putting that on. And um, I enjoyed it a lot. Does that include Canada and Mexico? You've never been to either of those places? Yeah, I've never been either there. I've been to the Bahamas. And so I guess technically I've been out of the country, but I, I kind of don't count that because it's like right. a stone. Kind of so. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, so uh, ahead, I thought Jim. it would be interesting to talk uh, to Justin. I, I mean, I'd like to hear more about Narwhal before we really get into the show or start talking about uh, Angular Air. So uh, you you started over at Narwhal. Uh, it's led by Jeff Cross and uh, Victor Savkin, who used to be on the Angular Core team. How long have you been there now? Since July, so almost half a year. Almost half a year. Yeah. And uh, how do you like it? What do you like? What do you spend your days doing? And um, are you, how are you are you happy with the move? And what do you what does that mean meant for your life? Yeah, good question. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's, you know, one of the awesome aspects of it is being able to work with Jeff and Victor and now Ijigal and Tor on a regular basis to be able to um, pick their brains, interact with them, uh, go over content, all this stuff. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's kind of like, you know, being able to unite with other people that have done a lot of this stuff you know, we're talking Angular and, and that sort of thing and, and have covered a lot of topics. And so to just be able to crunch things across with each other, um, talk about these advanced concepts, it's, it's really, uh, really exciting and, and really a great um, experience at that um, at this point in my career, you know, and, and at this point, uh, as well as the opportunity. I, I really love helping people out, teaching, guiding, making people be awesome. Um, helping them be awesome. And I get that opportunity to do that on a daily basis uh, with Narwhal. I get to help our clients uh, solve challenging problems, help guide them in understanding uh, these advanced Angular concepts and how to do Angular well, uh, both on an enterprise level and being consistent with having success with Angular. Uh, so to get to share that kind of stuff with them and and do that as my day-to-day job, as well as writing, I get to write a lot of content uh, Writing is a big passion of mine, so I enjoy uh, typing words, and it's great. It's it's really really exciting. And then the, the you know just the the 
the positive vibes that we have around Narwhal and the company, it's great to go around and you go to Angular Connect and all these places and everybody's always excited to talk to you and interact with you. And like, oh, the Narwhal, you know, like you mentioned, that's where all the cool people are. You know, there's cool people everywhere, but, um, but it certainly is fun to be part of that unit um, and doing the things that we're doing. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So when that's is Narwhal cool. going to move over to doing Vue instead of Angular? Because that's the way the world's <laughs> going now, right? Yeah, many, many, uh, yeah. There's many directions that it's going. Uh, you know, we're we're very focused on on Angular and delivering that focused solution. So I, I don't foresee that anytime in the future. But who knows? Yeah, you know? I was being tongue in cheek. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Nice, awesome. So let's talk about a uh, Angular error. Uh, I'm interested. Like, first off, is to talk about when. You know, Angular Air's history overall and, and your involvement in it and like that just kind of give us a rundown of the whole history of Angular Air up through now. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, Angular Air is what we like to call a video cast. Uh, we do video. It's kind of like a podcast, but there's video involved. And, and we're a um, one hour show every week. Uh, on Tuesdays, and we try and present content. We try and get guests that'll come on that'll present content that we can visually show, you know, so kind of like mm -hmm. some demos with some discussions. But we also do discussion shows as well. Uh, so it's a mix of those. But we, we try and focus on the fact that we have this video medium and that we can showcase, you know, demo code and, and things like that. Um, it's been around for uh, several years, uh, started by Ken C. Dodds and Todd Votto. Uh, Ken C. Dodds, I think, drove most of that effort there, uh, was hosting it for a good while, I think maybe a year. Um, I don't know the exact time. Uh, and then Jeff Welpley took that over, and uh, he carried it on for probably about a, a year. And then uh, about maybe October or something, uh, late last year, uh, I started working with him. I came on and co-hosted with him a couple times, and then he was ready to move on. He got real busy with his stuff. Uh, I asked if I'd be interested in taking it over, and I was absolutely stoked to do that. Uh, so then I kind of took it over from there, and uh, yeah, I've been running with it. And it. But it's been pretty consistent, the same, you know, uh, over these years of every week, you know, mm -hmm. one show. We do it live. Um, we we kick it off. We record it live. So it's. Uh, live and then we just do it through youtube and then at the end of the hour when we're done with the show then it just automatically gets captured and then gets put up onto youtube to watch later so yeah very cool and it's it's more than just you and a guest right it's from what i Correct. understand always been a panel show like ours yep yeah yep so i i'm the host i i kind of run and maintain it and then we get our guest um and then I currently have four panelists, four active mm -hmm. panelists. We got uh, Bonnie Brennan, Melissa Eichel, uh, Austin McDaniel, and Mike Brocky, and they're regular panelists right now. We have a a bunch of other panelists that have been on and off the show, and kind of always have an open invitation for any of them to just let me know when what show they want to come on, and they can come on and we can swap people out or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and we I generally run it where. Uh, we get our guests on. It's really focused about the guests and the delivery of their content. I help guide the direction of that and, and keep that on pace. And then our panelists help to inject questions and, and things that try and convey, um, help um, convey what the topic is that the guest is providing and link that to and deliver value for our viewers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Or derail the conversation as some people do. Or sometimes <laughs> that happens. Yeah, so that happens. And then it's my job to try and say, okay, how, how can I move that to keep us on track. So Boy, yeah. I, am I familiar with that feeling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, so my biggest question then is how many times has the word dumpster fire been used on your show? I think it's only been used by you when you came on. <laughs> we have, we have... <laughs> I, you know, I, I try and uh, my touch to it, I try and bring this uh, ultimate positivity all the time to it. I'm always smiling and laughing. I, I can never stop smiling. At it. And so I, I try and uh, avoid terms like, well, not avoid terms like that, but, you know, like try and guide it into a more positive thing. Not that right. dumpster is a negative thing, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe people are scared to to say dumpster fire. <laughs> certainly welcome to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we get into it. And sometimes we talk about the things, the challenges and stuff. But um, I always try and take the positive spin on it. So if we, if we come across something that's like, oh man, you know, change detection in Angular is really a pain in the butt or whatever. We try and put a little spin on saying, oh, well, you know, it sucks to run into these sort of things, but how can we kind of, it is mm -hmm. good for this and that sort of thing. So um, yeah. yeah. That's that's ultimately what we do here as well in a lot of ways is, you know, this is really hard. And yeah, you know, we try and ask the questions, you know, well, then what can we do to make it better? And yep. and I think that's important. I mean, even if it's just, well, be aware that the problem's out there so you can work around it in the first place instead of trying to solve two problems. I always like to follow it up with that's why we get paid well. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't right. hard. You wouldn't be able to afford a, a, the cars that you're driving. This is true. This is true. And, you know, it's always hard. You know, Joe, as you're an educator, you know uh, uh, that it's hard to figure out how to convey and get people to learn hard concepts. Right. Oh, yeah. So we're always trying to, <laughs> you know, and, and we get we get a mix of things, topics that come onto our show that people present that some are pretty straightforward and then others are, are hard. And so uh, myself. Uh, and our panelists, we try and distill that down as as our guests deliver something that's more challenging. How can we just rephrase it really quick to maybe help it sink in for other people and that sort of thing? It's just a collaborative effort to deliver that content. Yep. Gotcha. So let's talk about uh, a little bit going just dig back since you've been involved here. I'm, I'm interested to find out what have been your favorite episodes of Angular Air. And I'll be kind to you and just say, don't pick any of the episodes that I've been on because I know those are the obvious choices. But uh, <laughs> outside of the times that I've been on the show, what have been your favorite uh, episodes you've had? Okay, so I knew that you'd be asking me something like this. And so I prepared <laughs> for this, right? And, and you're probably not going to like my answer, but I'll get a little more detail into it. So I... I really love all of our episodes. I really love all the the time that our guests provide, whoever it is, whenever it is, that they are gracious to enough to provide that time to provide this content for our community. So I really don't have a favorite. Uh, I don't like to pick favorites in that sense. I just love everybody for contributing that time. But um, that being said, uh, I do enjoy, we had an episode where we uh, talked about uh, Anur. Uh, I forget his last name. Sorry, Anur. Uh, but he talked about... Um, RxJS and really broke it down, observables and stuff like that. I thought that was a really good episode of how he delivered that content um, and, and got through the, the understanding. Um, you know, anytime David East is on the show and talking about Firebase, that stuff's always exciting. Um, you know, we just had Stephen Fluin on yesterday, and so that was really cool. He uh, really smoked it on the keyboard, uh, doing some live coding was pretty impressive. Uh, you really nailed it and, and conveyed those concepts really well. Uh, all of our guests do such a great job at, 
at preparing content that's going to fit within an hour, 40 minutes and delivering that stuff and giving us an opportunity to discuss those points. Um, yeah, I just mm-hmm. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that good I'm curious answer. about. Oh, go, what was that, Joe? Just a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one thing that I'm curious about, you know, just running the shows and making sure that everything goes live and everything like that, um, you know, what, one thing that I'm always trying to stay on top of is uh, what's current, what's interesting, and how do I find guests that people, that can cover topics that people are struggling with, right? And so it's part understanding what people's problems are and part understanding who's out there that has the answer. Uh, how, how do you tackle that? So, um, good question. When I first took it over uh, from Jeff, I was super paranoid and stressed about, oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta be on top of this. So I sat down and made a big giant list of all these topics that I felt I had a, a feel on the pulse of, of the industry at the time of what was interesting, what was hot, what, what people wanted to know. And I just made that list. And then I started going down it and thinking about my contacts and the people mm-hmm. I know, the people I know that know them and who would fit for that or what blog post I've read or somebody talked about that topic or who did a, a talk at ngconf on that. And then just start filling in the blanks and get that all dialed in. So when I first took it over, I, I backlogged this whole thing for weeks. And it, that was great, right? I had it all lined up. And then uh, as I went forward and I started whittling down that list and was running out of shows and got close to the time where I needed books more, then I did a couple more and, and kind of checked the pulse at that time and kind of went with that. Um, now, as I'm ramping up to the end of the year here, uh, I've actually kind of got pretty lucky here. Uh, some of our panelists went out and, and grabbed a couple of people. Uh, we also had some people that reached out and um, with some topics. And so now we've got another buffer of of uh, talks lined up that kind of came together. So I think it's a, you know, it's, it's, the, I, I like to, and I tell people a lot, like devs a lot that, that are getting into this realm of front end development or this stuff. Like you need to be on Twitter, maybe not to be active on Twitter, but you need to be following people on Twitter. Cause there's a lot of, you, you get the pulse of what's going on. Right. And so I get a lot of that from following the content that, that streams through Twitter to try and get an idea of what, what is going on in our Angular community and what are people looking for? What are people struggling with? What are people drawing their attention to? And then kind of go off of that to say, oh, look, we need to talk about that, right? We need to cover that. We need to get somebody on for that, this or that. And, and thankfully, up to this point, um, everything that I've lined up and figured out people to do, people have been able to to do that. I haven't really had any challenging moments yet except for actually a couple times we do a couple uh we have our uh fill-in shows i don't know if you have this with adventures in angular but we do a today i learned episode we've done about three of those where oh, we have guests fun. lined up and we just all the panelists kind of come up with uh, two or three things that they do in code or, or little tricks and tips they do in angular and we just do a tal show and uh those are our filler shows when we actually didn't have anybody lined up yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. I have a handful of those that I tend to pull out, you know, and and that's not one of them actually. Uh, you, you know, usually it's you know what's your development environment or you know what what uh, tools or plugins do you pull in on Angular, right? So you know, well, I I usually Angular Fires, you know, whatever. Um, it's just things like that, to, you know, because we can talk about what we do every day and inform people on that kind of thing. So I guess it's kind of a today I learned, but. It, you know, it's usually a little broader than that as far as, hey, you know, here, here are some of the things that I generally do. I, I like that. I'm going to have to steal that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. No problem. 
So yeah, that's a and, um, that's a good point. Like you bring that up, I have to steal that, right? Uh, you know, obviously we're kind of in the same realm of providing Angular content, right? Multiple mm-hmm. podcasts that are doing that. Um, I think that's great that you know you're you're willing to take that and, and run with that. I think that you know I could ask every once in a while, or people will joke and, and stuff like that. Oh, you know, what about your competition adventures in Angular and stuff like that? I absolutely don't look at it in any sort of way like that, right? Um, I love the fact that we have multiple places that we can provide content to mm-hmm. our community. Um, I think that, uh, there's probably space, there's certainly space for even more. Anybody else oh, yeah. wants to do stuff like that. Um, I, I think it's just great that, that, uh, our community has different sources to get this content from. Right. Yep. Well, the other thing Absolutely. is I've, I've been asked the same thing about quote unquote competition and I'm like, um, so let's see. What what are your three favorite TV shows? Are they competitors of each other? No, because they're not on at the same time, right? Um, or you can go watch the one that's on at the same time as the other one on Hulu or something. I mean, right. we're talking about, you know, if you listen to every Adventures in Angular episode as it comes out, you know, I think our shortest shows have been 25, 30 minutes, and our longest shows, you know, go a little over an hour. You know, so let's say that it comes out to an hour. So we take up an hour every week. If they go watch Angular Air or listen to Angular Air every week, that's another hour out of their week. Um, if they have an hour commute or a half hour commute, we'll take up one day. They'll take up the other day. It, it just the only time we actually compete is if somebody fills all of their available listening time and they have to decide what to drop. And in that case, if they drop us because they like Angular Air better or vice versa, it's because wherever they're at, that's the show that's serving them better and more power to them. Yep, absolutely. But but most people haven't filled up their available listening time. They're, you know, they'll kind of pick and choose what they want to listen to. They'll pick and choose what makes sense for them. And in that case, I mean, the more stuff that's out there, the better off everybody is. Yep, definitely. So we were talking a little bit about keeping on top of topics and finding guests and stuff. And, and related to that, I, I kind of was interested to hear from you, Justin, as far as right now, from where you are at personally in your development cycle, what are the things that are on your list of things you're interested in, you want to learn, you want to check out and get better at, uh, or find out if they're cool? What What's on that list for you? Okay, well, so part of that list is things that I actually want to have more time to spend with, you know? Um, and I don't know, maybe that some of that involves a little bit more of additional learning, but most of this on this list is like, I just want to have time to do it. And that's, uh, more time with angular animations. I love the whole animations and the web mm-hmm. stuff and I want to spend more time doing it. want to, um, be able to code it and that sort of thing. Uh, GraphQL. I love GraphQL and what it brings to front end development and how it bridges that gap for the delivery of data from the server side and, and some of the challenges that it solves. Uh, having done full stack development for many, many, many years, uh, it's a, it's a great solution. So I want to have more opportunity to write that type of code, um, and, and spend more time with it. Um, yeah. And then I think as far as like from a, a learning standpoint, uh, some of the accessibility stuff uh, so it has more time to put into digesting that and, and taking that in and, and um, learning more the, the details about that, uh, as well as like uh, IETN and language services and stuff like that, um, translation stuff. 
uh, just spend some more time with that in the in the, the learning phases. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So, how much does uh, like your own personal interests influence what you content you bring onto the show? You know, I think it's. I think part of. I mean, I, I like to feel that I have a good sense of the pulse of the community and what's going on. I spend a lot of time, you know, monitoring that and trying to understand and, you know, again, from wanting to help people out and educate people and stuff like that, I feel that I need to understand what they're looking for and what they need and, and bridge that gap. So I feel like I've got a, a good handle on that on a regular basis. So I, I guess I use that knowledge that I feel I have to help drive what those topics are, uh, pick what those topics are. Like I said, I, I put together a list that I, that I, had kind of curated and planned out, um, rather than per se, you know, asking, running a survey and finding out. So I guess that's, that would be where my, um, part comes into play in terms of kind of driving that content. Uh, but then there are some, some topics that that'll come up that, um, angular elements, we're going to have Rob on talking about angular elements. I love the whole angular elements thing. And I, I mean, I think that the community wants to hear that too. Right. And wants to check that out too. So I think a lot of my passions will align with what a lot of people want out there. I like to think, I don't know. Right. Yep. No, it makes sense. It's funny too. Cause, uh, I do it more on JavaScript Jabber than adventures in angular, but we've had some shows that they, they're tangentially related to JavaScript. And mostly it was cause I thought they were cool topics. So, <laughs> And and so, we've had a few of those from other get, or other hosts too. So, yeah. Speaking speaking of your influence on Angular Air, uh, I'm interested in your uh, in talking about your intros. And I was just on there, and you had this hilarious intro where you got caught in the middle of a phone call with your mom. I did. I did. She she needs some Angular help. So I was some helping her. Angular help. Yep. And, it, you know, as I, I do. told her I do this show every, you know, the show's on 10 a, 11 a.m. every uh, Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. But, you know, she's on the East Coast, so maybe she got her times mixed up and called me for some tech support. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, that was one of the most exciting things for me to get this opportunity to take on the hosting duties for uh, Angular Air and, and the opportunity that Jeff Welpley gave me to, to pass that on uh, was the opportunity to just do more presentation stuff, more, you know, that sort of thing, performance and things like that. And so it's some, an element that I really wanted to bring to it, uh, beyond just discussing the technical content was to try and have some fun with it, to try and bring my character, my persona to it. Um, and so the, the one of the ways I think I can do that is, is through these intros. I don't do them all the time. Uh, but I try and do them uh, every once in a while, and uh, it's certainly fun. I kind of plan something out and then roll with it, uh, test it out on my my wife and daughter, see if they think it's it's good and entertaining. Test it out on my dog, see if he responds, and then if so, then I'll do <laughs> the show. Sometimes I'll just do it. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it's it's fun. I think it's it's the element that I want to try and bring my character to the, mm. the hosting. Do you uh, find that your dog is a fairly good judge of uh, what will be a hit and what won't be? You know, my dog loves me unconditionally, so I, I don't think he's really a good choice. Um, he also follows me around everywhere I go. Like if I go from one room to the other he'll and he's not asleep, he'll wake up and just walk and go sit where I'm at. Like he, he just attached to my hip. And so it probably take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, depends on uh, how good whatever you have in your hand smells, right? For the yeah, dog, pretty much. Right? Does it smell like bacon? Does it not smell like bacon? <laughs> so, uh, another thing I think I was really interested in finding out from you was since you've been you've been running the show now, you just said about a year. Is that right? Yeah, it's a little over a year. Yeah. A little over a year. In that time, what sort of like difficulties and challenges have you uh, discovered that you have? Uh, taking care of uh, angular error so you know it's there's several things that i need to do to to kind of maintain it and, and curate it you know from collecting the guests to uh planning that schedule to uh putting together the you know we do the we do it through youtube uh through a hangouts uh live hangouts um stream and so i've got to set all those episodes up ahead of time in order to do that uh, so it's not just a matter of like, okay, let's do this time. Let's, let's kick it off and, and start a recording right in a, in a chat session or hang out there. I have to actually queue those up on YouTube, get them all configured, uh, that sort of thing. Got to prep with YouTube. You can have it auto send out a, a tweet, social media stuff. Once the, the episode goes live. So I got to put that content in there. Um, you know, we have a Slack channel, a uh, Slack group that we set up with a separate channel for each show that we bring in our guests and our panelists to discuss and plan things out. So setting up of that, setting up the, the doc that goes over it, um, updating the website, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, a lot of things that, that go into it, right. Um, that when I'm on top of it, it's not so bad when things get busy in my everyday life. Uh, and that slips a little bit, then it becomes more challenging. You feel a little pressure to, to do that. Um, I can identify I think, with that too. Holy cow. Right. Right. When it's good, it's uh, good. And when it's crazy busy, it's, it's hard. You're just like, Oh man. Well, what? I, I think one of the challenges that I'm sitting on right now, um, that's hard is, uh, dealing with episode notes. Right. So we're in the stage right now where we have this legacy website for our show and uh, it serviced us great. Uh, I want to update it. I want to get that kind of um, more, you know, automated with some stuff with episodes that go up there and all these things, mm-hmm. right? So I was planning to do it, trying to put time into it. You know, real world stuff comes up, other stuff comes up, and I haven't had a chance to really put the the time into it. And so uh, part of that is providing our episode notes up there, that sort of thing. You know, we do this video cast. And it's on YouTube, but there's no way on YouTube to put up any type of notes for the thing other than just general text around the description. Mm-hmm. So I can't like really put links and, and all the show note type of stuff. We uh, deliver the audio out through Podbean to uh, iTunes and um, okay. Google Play and stuff like that. And so through there, I can put show notes in there, right? And that's so I can take our show notes doc and I can put it in there. But that's only good for people who are listening you know, to the, the audio and most of the stuff's on on the video so i i don't really have a place to surface that right now and i've kind of been waiting on that until i redo the site so that i could have that as the home for the the show notes and so right now we're in this limbo stage where we don't we do picks and stuff like that at the end and we just don't have any way to share that other than you know telling them on the video right now so that that's one of the biggest challenges i'm facing right now mm. uh, yeah and again but that's just you know this is building the tools and automating that stuff and, and things like that um but I, I kind of look at it as like the the minimum of that right now is that it's a video show. People can go, they can watch it and, and replay it and pause it and, and catch that again if they want to kind of get the notes or that sort of thing. So kind of just rolling with that for now. 
until yeah. the until all the fans and the and the viewers uprise and and give me hell for it, and then maybe maybe it'll force my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I run into, and I'm curious um, what your experience is. Um, I've I've tried doing video off and on. Um, not very, I haven't put a ton of effort into it. Maybe that's why it hasn't really worked out well for us. Um, you know, across the different shows that, that I'm involved in, but I'm curious, you know, do you have a sense of how many people watch the videos versus listen to just the audio? So I don't really know. I'd have to look up the audio numbers, but I think, um, you know, our views on our videos are usually around a, a thousand views per per episode that we get, we usually get probably like right now, I think maybe like 18 to 25 people tuning in live while it's uh -huh. you know, streaming live. And then probably about like a thousand views on a regular for each episode, you know, growing over time as the longer they've been around or whatnot. So nothing too crazy. Um, I, I, I don't really don't know how much more we get on the, the audio. I'll have to look at that and, and see. Um, do you think it's more in, do you think it's more in audio or do you think it's more in video? <laughs> My guess is that it. My, my guess is that it's more in video, and I'm going to take that guess right now because I don't hear a lot of people hollering that I'm like four episodes behind pushing the audio to, <laughs> out. Oh yeah, so I've done that for like oh, four funny. episodes, and so so uh, I'm figuring, well, you know, if everybody's not yelling that like that's that's not up to date for the month, then maybe that the most of the viewers are out there on <laughs> the YouTube. You so I don't know. So that's my guess right now. Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, D.C., and other cities and online at angularbootcamp.com. So, so what does the future That's look fine. like for Angular Air? Are, are you looking to just continue doing what you're doing? Are you looking at, you know, um, getting specific guests or people on? Yeah. So right now, um, you know, I think part of it is the the update of the site, the updated automation of some of these tools. I'm hoping to get uh -huh. a little more time to spend into that and dial that in to make that process a lot easier. Um, uh, I fought a lot of the automation stuff just so you're aware. So if you want to talk through some of that and get some ideas, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to. I'd love to do that. So, you know, dialing that in, uh, we get right now we don't do any type of uh, sponsorship stuff. Uh, and there's been uh -huh. queries about that. And so uh, probably going into this next year, take a hard look at that and, and figure out how we could probably work that in. Um, usually I do, you know, plugs and stuff, help people out and that sort of thing. Um, but more and more people are querying about that. So I, I, I want to kind of dial into that. Um, and as far as the content, just more of the same, try and provide value each week. Uh, it's something that's the pulse of what people are, are looking to do. I think one of the challenges I'll face going into year two for me is to, you know, audit and, and look through year one that, that I had and make sure I can, you know, I'm not repeating topics and not, you know, new stuff, right? Provide mm -hmm. new content that, that's not there. And, um, that may be a little bit of a challenge because some of the things that are really, really hot right now are things that we've had shows on. So how do you keep delivering the hotness, right, without uh, overlapping and stuff like that? So I think that'll be a challenge. But um, yeah, I, the other thing that we do, uh, I like to 
make it a, a mix of, of getting that content out there, getting the content that people want out there, but also providing a platform for new people that want to speak, that want to deliver content, mm-hmm. uh, a, an easy way that they can do that. Right. I, and I'm always amazed at how I get these people that, you know, somebody comes to me and says, oh, you know, I really want to get into speaking and I want to talk at NGConf and I want to do these things and how do I get going? And, you know, um, and I tell them, yeah, come on our show and, and you can do an episode and, and it'll be a great thing. It'll be recorded. You can showcase it later. You can have it yep. as a, a demo reel, um, but you can also get a feel and it's, it's a comfortable spot. Um, there's no pressure. You know, if you're live coding, no, no big deal. If you just scratch up on something, but, you know, we'll just keep going. It's, it's a real comfortable way to get into it and it provides you a platform for doing that. And as long as you're providing content that that's helpful, then it's, it's great, right? Um, and, and people will get excited and they're, they're like, well, I can get to be a guest on Angular Air. I'm like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not that big, right? I mean, we, yeah. we have big people, but like, it, it's not like, you know, some crazy show. Um, you, you're good. You'll be, you'll, it'll be a good fit. So, um, yeah, so still providing that opportunity for, um, up and coming people to have a, a place to deliver content as well as getting, you know, the, the people that have been around in our community to come and be on. And, um, I've had a couple people that I, there's a couple people that I have on my list that I haven't had on yet. Um, so I'm going to try and get those on in 2018, see what I can do. Um, Dan Walleen's one of them. I haven't had Dan Walleen on yet. Uh, I got to get him on. Um, come on, Dan. Yeah, John Papa, Ward Bell. I don't think I've, I've had any shows with them yet. So it'd be cool to get, get some of those on. Um, yeah we're lucky when they're on here <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i think guys. we hit a busy season and john changed jobs and yeah it just yeah he's not a he's a different kind of corporate shill now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep so uh one one other thing my, my last question that i really had for you is uh running a podcast, being part of Narwhal, being a, you know, a pretty big player in the uh, community, you have to keep your ear to the ground and know what's around, what's coming up, what are the popular topics and stuff. I'm kind of interested to hear your take on the present and future of Angular overall. Yeah. So uh, Stephen was on our show yesterday talking about some things and, and he gave some feedback on the interactions he's had, he's had as a developer advocate with clients, with um, enterprise and things like that. And I, one thing that I thought uh, was a good description of this, of, of where we're at, I think, is that people have settled into Angular, right? They've mm-hmm. settled into the nuances of it, how to use it, how to do the core stuff, how to start building apps with it. And now we're kind of on this um, edge of, okay, how do we get advanced with it? How do we really start solving these more challenging things? How do we fully implement an app with all of these um, challenging architecture questions and, and things that we face and, and pull that off in the Angular ecosystem, this Angular platform, because really Angular is a platform that has all the elements covered, right? So it needs to have a way to do that for all these things. And so I think that that's probably, you know, and I think you see that with something like NGRX having a lot of popularity right now and a lot of people are wanting to know more about it because that's, you know, tackling a problem that's beyond just building an app with some screens and some list detail views and things like that. Now you're solving these challenging architecture 
front end problems, right? And you're using NGRX to do that. And I think that that's probably where we're going to see more of the the pulse going forward is how do we do this next level stuff with Angular? How do we solve these challenging things with Angular? That's, that's, that's a really good perspective. So yeah. uh, similar question to, you know, the future of, of Angular. Again, I, I talk to people and they're like, wait, you, you do a show on Angular? And I'm like, you know, so I tell them yes. And then they're like, well, you know, isn't React the hot thing now? Or, I mean, some people go all the way to, you know, Vue is starting to eat React's lunch. So, you know, is it React now or Vue now? Or are people still doing Angular? And, you know, I have my answer, but I'm curious. What's your answer to that? I think there's plenty of people that uh, are doing Angular JS as well as Angular. Um, there's a vast majority of people that have settled in and, and decided on that as their stack. Uh, they have apps running on that. They're, they're building new apps on that sort of thing. Um, I think that it's the product of the, the development world that we live in, right? In front-end mm -hmm. development, there's many ways to do many things. And you pick something that fits for what you're you're doing and, and you feel good about it. And then you settle in with it and you're kind of, you ride it out. And maybe at some point you decide we're going to switch frameworks and we're going to rebuild and we're going to do something or we hit a wall and we're like, well, this might be better. Or you get people that'll be excited about new tech and they just want to switch because it's something new and shiny. And it's, it's part of the excitement of, I, I think that's a, a product of doing front end development and web development. And one of the great things about front end development is you get the ability to write something and deliver it to an end user instantly, right? Mm -hmm. And you get to write something and see it in action right away. You don't have to compile. I use that lightly in terms because we do kind of now compile, yeah, we do. <laughs> right? But um but I mean you could you can build this UI, you can build this interaction stuff and you can run it in a browser right away and it and it's instant gratification, right? And so there's a lot of excitement around that. And I think that as a result, we get excited about new shiny things because they're all, you know, the, the environment that we're in. So, um, but I think that's good. And I think that's fine for, you know, we're always, everybody's just picking what, what they need to run on. And then you live with that stack and you, and you ride it and then you make decisions on when you change it or whatnot. Um, but it, there's so much, um, there's so many people using, you know, both angular JS and now angular that it's going to be around. I think it's just, you know, it's there. Yep. Well, the other thing is, is that I, I talk to people and they're like, well, is the community shrinking? And that really hasn't been my experience, you know? So as far as popularity goes, I, I think people always want to try new things. And uh -huh. once again, you know, people will kind of settle into what makes sense. I, I think that's a good way of putting it. So, you know, if, if it's got momentum for you, then you'll stick with it. I know a lot of people who um, are in various communities across the web development space you know, so in, in in Ruby on Rails was hot 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I still see people joining that community. And I talk to a lot of my friends from that community. And it's, you know, the new hotness over there is Elixir in Phoenix. And, you know, so it's like, oh, so are you, you know, are you doing Phoenix now? And they go, well, yeah, my day job, I do some or something like that. But then they go, but if I need to really get work done, I go back to the old standby, which is Rails. And I think, you know, Angular's that for a lot of people. They they may be in the React space because people are talking about it. They may be checking out Vue because people are talking about it. But when they need to get crap done, they know Angular. And they know that they can move quickly with Angular. And so they, they come back to it. 
And I think the other thing is, is that a lot of people gauge the popularity of a thing by how much people are talking about it. And they're still inventing a lot of this stuff in React. They're still inventing a lot of this stuff in Vue. And so there's always news. And Angular, um, I mean, even once Angular 2 was released, you know, and now we're at Angular 5, but, you know, even when Angular 2 was released, a lot of this stuff we had already invented and we just updated it so it worked with the current version of Angular. And so, you know, just because there's not a lot of news and a lot of people going, this is a new thing that makes this pain that we had in Angular really bad uh, go away or a lot less um, doesn't mean that people aren't using it. And there a lot of people like Angular for the fact that it's mature and it's got a lot of these solutions already uh, available for it. And so anyway, it's I, I think it really just comes down to perspective. If you're out there trying to decide which one to use, that's one thing. But you know, if if you've picked a technology stack, there there's a lot going for you to keep using it as long as they're willing to keep updating and maintaining and supporting it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's that whole concept of like, are you creating new apps, right? Yeah. If you're in the mode of creating new apps, then you're thinking about these things, right? Mm -hmm. Which framework do I use? If you have an app and you're adding code and, and enhancing code on that app, well, you're already on that stack, right? And you're just concerned about making that as as um, good as possible. Right? Yeah. Well, the other thing that I see, because, you know, I've, I've played with React, I've played with Vue. I mean, for heaven's sake, Joe and I do a, a JavaScript podcast together. And so, you know, we, we talk about these other areas. And the, the primary uh, area of functionality for Angular, React, and Vue is the component. And when you're looking at those concepts, you know, they're pretty comparable. It's just the way that you organize the code around them and then what options you have to add things to them that are different. So, yeah. anyway, it, it's really, yeah. really interesting time to be a web developer. It is, it is. And for, you know, for me, uh, I always like to tell people that uh, I'm a co-op gamer. Uh, I do uh -huh. a lot of gaming, as Joe knows, and I, I, am a, I like to techno, uh, qualify myself as a co-op. I love playing together with people. I love being on a team. So mm -hmm. I don't like the whole competition thing, one-on-one -on -one thing. I'm, I'm always about how do we get it done as a unit, right? And so I, I think I carry that focus on throughout everything. You know, when I look at these things like talk about like framework wars and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, I, I just want everybody to enjoy what they're doing and be successful with what they're doing and embrace whatever that is for everybody. Right. And get this done together. You know? Yep. Well, I think, I think that outlook is healthy both from the perspective of let's not fight about this stuff. And also from the standpoint of um, the things that are out there changing the world right now, a lot of those are technological things, right? It's it's the, you know, whatever features you can... But it's even then, it's not what they coded into the iPhone. It's how that impacts your life, right? How you actually use it. And a lot of these other applications that we see coming out that are revolutionizing industries or charity or all these other areas where we operate, you know, day in and day out and where we actually make a difference... It doesn't matter if it's written in React or Vue or Angular, and nobody cares, right? It's the actual use of the thing that makes a difference. And so if you're going to go out there and make a world-impacting thing in Vue, great, good for you. And if, you're, if you decide halfway through that you want to switch to Angular, great, good for you. But you're making a world-impacting thing. I mean, that's, that's what matters. 
and and yeah, that's absolutely. that's the that's co-op game where absolutely. we're all playing we're all playing that game yeah mm. very well totally said agree. very well said yeah. awesome so next ngconf uh justin and joe are going to pull together beers and board games um <laughs> <laughs> i will totally be there I'll, I'll bring my diet coke and we'll we'll we'll, we'll do it and i'm I'm totally yeah. making that up, but I think it'd be fun. Anyway, um, so yeah, so if if you have one goal for Angular Air, what is it? Like, what what is that one thing that you're trying to accomplish, uh, or or be the resource for in the community? Is it just general knowledge, or is there something that you specifically want viewers or listeners to get out of your show? Yeah, you know, I just have it's a pretty simple goal, and I just look at it and go, look, if if each episode, if I could just improve one person's mm -hmm. developer experience, um, I feel like it's successful. If I just reach one person, one viewer, and show them something, our guest help deliver them something that's like this aha moment or, or something that clicks for them, and they go out and turn around and, you know, like you said, build that thing that changes things or, or, or contributes to something. Uh, yeah. You know, if I could just impact one person with each show, I feel like it's successful. Beyond just me and the panelists, like, and that's good. And then everything else is just a bonus from there. Um, so I guess it's, you know, that's that's the goal. And then just to keep, I mean, just keep doing that on a, on a weekly basis yep. and, and keep providing that and, and have fun doing it. And I think the other goal would be to maybe do more intros, <laughs> do more of those fun, <laughs> fun intros, come up with more skits and, and more things that can kind of be entertaining, that sort of thing. Sounds good. Awesome. One more question just came up to me I wanted to ask. Have you submitted yet to the CFP for NGConf? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna ask me that on here huh? <laughs> so joe okay i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what i'm thinking right now um i'm i'm thinking you know i think we're gonna do a narwhal workshop on nx and so i'll be a part of that um so right now i'm thinking that that's the only thing i'm gonna do at ngcomp and i want to take in ngcomp beyond after that workshop day as an attendee, which I've never done, I've been to two NG comps and I spoke of both and, and, you know, up through the talk, it's, you're just out of it. Right. Um, right. and at, at mix, when we did angular mix, I didn't do a talk there. I didn't have anything like that. So I just got to be an attendee and it was the, the opportunity to engage with all these people that I know in the community. I was totally focused from day one. Right. And that was pretty fun. And so I kind of want to have that experience at NG comp and see what that's like. <laughs> um, so, but it, it's hard. It's hard to think that and think maybe I won't submit something. I don't know. Cause there's always that, that urge to be on that stage is pretty amazing to have that opportunity. So maybe a five minute talk, maybe I'll submit a five minute talk. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, listen, I totally get what you're saying though. As an organizer, I, I have yet to actually truly experience and enjoy NG comp never gotten that opportunity i'm always running 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 yeah yep yeah well you know maybe maybe you need some help with that someday maybe i'll fill in your role someday and then you can just enjoy it and sit back and take <laughs> sit it back and relax <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right well let's let's do some picks this episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers 
and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash adventures in Angular. So I've, I've got a few picks that I'm going to throw out here. So Brandon Sanderson released a new book in the Stormlight Archive, and... Uh, I've really been enjoying rereading or re-listening. I, I use Audible, uh, re-listening to the books. So the first book is The Way of Kings. Anyway, just just cool magic system, great character development. It, it's it they're they're terrific, terrific books. Um, another book that I'm looking forward to consuming that I haven't yet is called Artemis, and it is by Andy Weir. Um, he wrote The Martian. And I'm just like, man, if this is as good as The Martian, uh, I'm a happy guy. Um, so I'm going to put both of those out there. And then uh, one last thing that I'm going to just throw out there is, um, and I, I mentioned this er, uh, yesterday when we record ju recorded JavaScript Jabber, but it'll probably come out like three or four weeks for, after this one's released because we're further ahead on JavaScript Jabber than Adventures in Angular. So, you know, if you're like, I missed it, I missed it when he said that. Well, it's because it hasn't come out yet. Anyway, um, so I've been doing a, a series of interviews for the different shows, um, my JavaScript story, my Angular story, my Ruby story, um, and they kind of go along with Adventures in Angular and Ruby Rogues and JavaScript Jabber. And uh, I reached out to Nicholas Zakis, who is, uh, he's been in the JavaScript community for a long time. Uh, we had him on JavaScript Jabber to talk about, about a bunch of stuff, and he's going through some pretty heinous health stuff right now. And so he basically said, look, I'm not well enough to, you know, to really do an interview and prepare for one. And I was like, well, holy cow, you know, what can people do? And, you know, he, he's at the point now where he can't really even work. And, you know, he did point out, well, I've written a few books and I'm like, I'm like, OK, well, if these are books I can recommend, I'll totally recommend them. Well, guess what, folks? I can totally recommend them. So um, just some for somebody that puts a lot of content out in the community, um, he's written a whole bunch of blog posts and other stuff, uh, you know, has gone way out of his way for the JavaScript community. Um, I'm just going to send people over to uh, pick up his books. Um, if you go to Amazon and just search for his books, he has a book on uh, ECMAScript 6. And, uh, you know, that's pretty good. If you're using TypeScript for your, uh, your uh, uh, development, um, understanding ECMAX, I can't even talk. Understanding ECMAScript six is uh, definitely a great place to start because they pull in a lot of those standards and then they add, you know, when when the ECMAScript uh, proposals get to a certain point, they add a lot of those into. Um, another one is object-oriented JavaScript. Um, he also has professional JavaScript for web developers, high-performance JavaScript, maintainable JavaScript. I mean, these are all the things that you really, really want, right? Professional Ajax, maybe not so much, but, you know, these other books I think are, are terrific things to add to your library and it helps somebody out in the community who has gone out of his way to help people learn uh, JavaScript concepts. So I'm going to pick that. And then uh, one other thing that I'm also going to shout out about is um, when I was in New York City, I wound up having uh, dinner with uh, Nader Dabit from React Native Radio 
um, Michael Jackson from um, React Training. Uh, he's been on JavaScript Jabber as well. He used to live in Salt Lake, so I, I know him somewhat well. And then um, an open source maintainer who I'm not going to name outright um, who came to meet us for dinner, and he mentioned that um, he works full-time for a fairly large company. They, they allow him to work on a very, very large and popular JavaScript um, project half-time, and then he spends like 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week working on the same open source project uh, the rest of the week. And it's, it's a huge maintenance burden. It's a lot of work. And so, um, it, you know, and he, he doesn't really get a lot of support for it, you know, and a lot of people, you know, they, they want the updates, but, you know, they don't really do anything to support the project. So um, I'm just going to encourage people to go check out, and this is another kind of selfless pick, but go to opencollective.com and look at some of these big tools that, that you're using, right? Um, I don't know if there's an open collective for Angular, but, you know, if there's Angular Material or uh, TypeScript or Babel or, you know, some of these tools that just everybody uses, uh, Grunt, Gulp, you know, if, if they've got open collectives, I mean, just give them 10 bucks a month, um, you know, just as kind of a, hey, look, we're using this, we're getting value out of it. Um, you know, let me help you make your car payment or something. So, um, you know, uh, I, I guess the overall arching thing here is just support for the community um, in more ways than just a pat on the back when you see them at the conference and, gee, I really like your repo. Um, you know, they're putting in a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of times without a lot of reward or, you know, they, they put, put this in until they can't anymore and, uh, you know, because they get sick. And, you know, let, let's just go out of our way and make sure that people know that, hey, look, you know, um, we recognize that this is kind of a full-time commitment that you're not really getting paid for. So, you know, here's at least something. Anyway, those are kind of my thoughts. Uh, Joe, what are your picks? All righty. So I want to pick an article that I read a while ago called The JavaScript Journey with Only Six Characters. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before on the show, but I keep coming back to thinking that, well, somebody else has taken that same concept that you can basically use just six characters and express everything in JavaScript and write any JavaScript program using only six characters from, uh, you know, from ASCII, basically. Uh, you can write any program and express anything. And it, it, uh, when you first hear about it, it doesn't really sound like something that's real. But if you look it up, you can find out that this is totally real, that you can totally do this. Well, somebody went and took that concept and created a little compiler where you can type in a line of code and it will encode it into an alternate form using just the six characters. You can oh, take geez. that, copy it, paste it into your console and run it. And it truly does work where all you're pasting in is basically parens, square brackets, plus, I think, exclamation mark. Um, that's it. Yeah. Exclamation <laughs> mark plus parens and square brackets. Those are the six characters. And with just those six characters, you can write any JavaScript. The URL for this compiler, which is hilarious, is called JS and then the F word. So dot <laughs> <laughs> com. So if you want to go check it out, that's the URL. It's pretty dang funny. You can write in just a simple line of code. Of course, using encoding it in the six characters takes forever. Like just a simple alert, like what would be 20 characters is like several hundred characters, uh, several hundred, maybe a th over a thousand characters to actually make it run using just the six characters but it's still pretty funny to see and see just some of the weird power 
both power and weirdness of JavaScript. So that's my first pick is a JavaScript journey with only six characters. My second and final pick is my MacBook Pro. Five years ago, I bought a MacBook Pro because I quit my job and went off on my own and my company had been providing me with one and I needed my own. So I bought myself one. It was the top of the line at the time. And I don't know, Apple, I guess because people just love shiny stuff, maybe that's why they're selling more computers. But I've had it for five years and I have like zero need to upgrade to an finally I have one defect. It, it literally runs like I bought it two months ago. Like it's that smooth as how it runs, the performance. It hasn't decayed at all, which to me is an absolute miracle. That's that's a bigger feat than putting a man on the moon, in my opinion, is to have a five-year-old computer that runs like it's two months old. But the, I finally have one small problem. The little rubber feet underneath have popped off. I don't even notice that, but uh, that's like the one thing that's actually gone wrong with my MacBook Pro. Other than that, it has been an absolutely amazing rock-solid machine for five straight years. I still love it. I do want to upgrade to the newer ones for, you know, they have a, a couple of features that I wouldn't mind. Um, but I, I just can't justify it because I have no need to get rid of what I've got. It's such an amazing machine even five years later. So that's my pick is Apple makes a pretty freaking awesome laptop in the MacBook Pro. You know, Joe, uh, they have the rubber feet replacement on uh, like the full kit on, <laughs> on Amazon for five bucks. Ah, oh, you just ruined it for me now. I got <laughs> I, I don't have an excuse now. <laughs> yeah, I had the 2013 model um, of MacBook Pro, and I had a hardware hardware failure, so I have a brand new one. Yeah. And uh, uh, Thunderbolt three dongle hell is the only problem I really have with it. But yeah, see, I'm happy. I would like to get USB C for the uh -huh. power, not because like I hate that aspect of it that they keep changing the. And I love in this particular model, I actually have an HDMI port, which I love that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about adapters. But with the USB-C power input, you could take any phone battery or the really big phone batteries and turn them into an extra battery. So I could have enough battery to last on an intercontinental flight and last me, you know, 10 hours. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. That makes a big difference. Although the last couple of flights I've taken, I've actually had a plug, like a regular old plug. So it didn't even matter. Yep. I but guess like the one reason I upgraded. I guess if I'm going to complain about it, I should uh, pick my uh, um, solution. So there are hyperdrive hubs that you can get that plug into the dual USB-C Thunderbolt 3 port on the side of your machine. They're $100. You can get them at Best Buy or online. And uh, they come with uh, an HDMI, two USB-Cs, um, an SD card reader, a micro SD card reader, two regular USB ports, and so I just plugged one of them things into the side of it, and it works fine. So oh, that's pretty cool. So I, I complained about it, and then I spent a hundred dollars, and that's <laughs> not a problem anymore. <laughs> um, awesome. I don't dare leave that thing plugged into it when I slide it into my bag because I don't want to get broken off. But right. other than that, yeah, I just plug the thing in, and when I get home, I pull the one. You know, I just plug the one in that has all my home monitors and stuff plugged into it, and do the same thing. So anyway, Justin, what are your picks? All right, so um, one of my picks is reactive.how website. Uh, I can't get enough of this thing. It's so awesome. It's uh, a bunch of these little animations that describe how streams and RxJS work. And so it uh, breaks down showcasing operators and things like that, like last, take, um, you know, filter, those sort of things in this visual animation 
that shows this stream of, of these uh, marble diagram type of things in action. And it just does an amazing job of distilling that information down, which is a hard con concept. Uh, I love it. Um, and I get a new one, I think, every week, maybe. Uh, so that's really cool. So reactive.how. Um, and then uh, Mr. Robot. I got to pick Mr. Robot. Uh, it's season three, I think, right now. Uh, it's amazing show. I, I love it. I think it's um, high-quality uh, cinematography, just storytelling, everything for a, a cable television show. It's pretty, pretty great. Love it. Uh, and then my third pick, uh, got to pick episode seven or episode eight star wars right around the corner um it's the only thing on my mind right now i have a hard time thinking about anything else i'm super excited and jacked up about that so uh can't wait yeah i'm looking forward to that it comes out the day after my birthday so nice i need i need uh and i think they're going to do that with the next one um but i needed to get back to my birthday which is in may and, you know, all the traditional Star Wars <laughs> used to come out around yeah. my birthday. So I was excited right. about that. And then they switched to the December thing. And that's like, oh, but um, hey, I'll take it whenever I get it. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, if people want to follow what you're working on or, you know, read blog posts or Twitter uh, or GitHub or they want to check out Narwhal, maybe you've given some talks at conferences. Where, where, where is all that stuff? Yeah. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Schwarty, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Y. Um, I'm on GitHub, Jay Schwarty. I need to figure out who's got Schwarty and see if, they, if they're if they done with it. But uh, Jay Schwarty <laughs> on GitHub. Uh, you can, I post on, I have schwarty.com, which is my website. Uh, I have some blog posts there, but I'm doing some blog posts recently on our Narwhal blog, so blog.nrwl.io, um, as well as nrwl.io's. Is where we can find information about our company, what we're up to, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, uh, angularair.com, uh, every week doing an Angular Air. And uh, I have, let's uh, see, on my site, shory.com, I have a list of some of the talks I've done, uh, ng-comp, other places, things like that. Uh, so you can check those out there as well. Um, and then please, everybody, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, I love talking shop, talking stuff, uh, helping people out. So, yeah, stay in touch. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for coming, Justin. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It's uh, really fun to talk about this topic. And thank you for putting together and delivering all the content that, that you all do through Adventures in Angular, uh, the community and myself. We all really appreciate it. So thank you for everything that you all do. Yeah. Same Likewise. To you, same to you at Angular Air. And I know Narwhal, those guys, you guys put out a lot of stuff too. So thanks for all that. Cool. All right. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.